today under the heading of the Lord's Day, we'll be considering the change of day. The change of day. Now, in last week's class, we were able to see the origins um, of this Lord's Day, where it comes from, where it originated from, the, the foundational ideas that we have from God's Word about the Sabbath. We were able to see at least two things. We were able to see that it's a creation ordinance, and we were also able to see it as a continuation in the fourth commandment. We're able to see that God institutes this as a creation ordinance when he, when he finishes his work of creation. And we were able to see that it's not that God needed that rest. It just marked the end of his work of creation. And today we're going to see that it's not, that it's not like God stopped working. It's just that it marked his finished work of creation and it gave us a, a pattern for, for us to follow. And then we were able to look at the fourth commandment. And uh, in the fourth commandment, we, we saw that the people of God are given a double responsibility to, in, 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 the, in, the, in, 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 in what the fourth commandment uh, refers to as remembering. Um, and so in that remember the Lord's day that we find in the fourth commandment, God gives his people a double responsibility. And he tells them, remember the past and going forward, do not forget this um, institution. Do not forget this uh, Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, as we consider the issue of the change of the day, we have to carefully consider the witness of the New Testament. And I'd like, to, I'd like us to deal with two things today also. So as we, as we uh, consider the Lord's Day today, also we'll be considering two things. And the first thing that I'd like us to consider is Christ as the Lord of the Sabbath. Number one, Christ as the Lord of the Sabbath. And then number two, change of the day. Now we begin with the Lordship of Christ over the Sabbath because it is absolutely important as we consider how the day has been changed. As we, as we secondly will be talking about the change of the day, it's important that we firstly talk about Christ who is the Lord of the Sabbath or as the Lord of the Sabbath. So number one, Christ the Lord of the Sabbath. Turn with me to the gospel according to Mark. Mark chapter 2. <clears throat> Someone read Mark chapter 2 verses 27 to 28. Mark chapter 2, verse 27 to 28. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so we, we see there a <clears throat> clear-cut statement from the Lord Jesus Christ himself that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. 
we find a, a similar statement there in the book of Matthew and Jesus says the same thing in Matthew chapter 12 verse 8 he says for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 8 and this statement right here is the key to understanding the Sabbath today Jesus unquestionably rules the sabbath he he um uh, without any question is the lord of it because when he came he fulfilled the symbolism of the jewish sabbath go with me to colossians chapter 2 a bit just just quickly colossians chapter 2 Verse 16 and 17, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in question of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And so we see there that Jesus Christ is the Lord of it. And when he came, he came to fulfill the symbolism of the Jewish Sabbath when it says there that no one should pass judgment on you in question of a Sabbath it's it's saying that uh, this is the Jewish Sabbath because Jesus Christ came to fulfill that which was a shadow it was the Jewish Sabbath was a shadow of the things to come Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of of it he purchased salvation for his people he completely therefore takes over the day he interprets it he fills it with greater meaning and so jesus um, <clears throat> grants the interpretation of what it means for for us to have a sabbath now because it is through him that all benefits to the human race are given because it is through him that we have all that we have um, because he is the original designer of the sabbath because he is god he was there in creation all things have been made by him colossians chapter 1 verse 16 tells us for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and so he is the original design of the sabbath he was there when when the sabbath was being instituted he was in complete agreement because he is god then he by all means because of this possesses all um, um <clears throat> uh, the right to interpret it he has every right to interpret the sabbath now when the pharisees are bringing up the matter of the sabbath uh, christ shows them that they do not quite understand it you know when this issue of the sabbath is constantly coming up um as we see it in the gospels jesus is constantly telling the pharisees um you know if you read in between the lines you guys don't understand this whole matter of the sabbath and um they they had added a lot of a, a lot of things a lot of rules to the already existing old testament rules for the sabbath and, and this therefore was making the Sabbath extremely heavy, burdensome, and hard. And Jesus tells them, no. He tells them, 
this is this is not how you're 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 to go about it and he's able to do this because he says he's the lord of the sabbath now go with me to matthew chapter 12 matthew chapter 12 And here we have a record of <clears throat> how Christ is passing through a cornfield <clears throat> on the Sabbath uh, when his disciples decide that they are hungry and then they decide that they are going to, to eat. Uh, they are going to eat the corn that they find there. Because the Pharisees are watching, of course, um, they end up complaining that the law of the Sabbath is being broken. That the disciples of Christ are doing what is unlawful to do on the Sabbath. And then uh, Christ, uh, once again, is going to show them that they do not at all understand this matter of the Sabbath. Look there at, um, at verse... verse um, let's, let's just begin at verse 1. Chapter 12, verse 1. At that time... Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry. And they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. And so Jesus is telling them, um, you are wrong. You are wrong by complaining that the disciples are, taking, uh, are plucking corn, uh, grain uh, on the Sabbath. He's telling them, uh, look at David. You know, he points to the example of David. He says, David feeds his men from that which was exclusively provided for the priests. And so he's, he's telling them, uh, consider David the servant of God. You know, how he walks um, into the temple and takes that which was... If you take the Sabbath the way the Pharisees were taking it would be unlawful for David and his men to do. He tells them, um, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And that, that hunger that they, they have there, we're going to see shortly that it is, it is an emergency. It is a necessity. And so then they, they do it. How he entered the house of God, how he, he ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat nor for those who are with him, but only for the priests. And so Jesus is saying, David fed his men from that which was exclusively provided for the priests. And he's telling them it was legitimate for them to be fed in an instance of emergency. It was, it was a necessity for them to do. It was, it, was, it was right for them to do it, even though it was on the Sabbath. Because... Sabbath rules should and must yield to necessity. 
Sijika mmesikia statement vizuri. Sabbath rules should and must yield to what? To necessity. And that's what Jesus is telling the Pharisees. David is hungry, he and his men enter the temple, and that which is only lawful for the priests to take or to eat, David and his men eat. And it was lawful for him to do so. It was legitimate for him to do so. And so, even in, in, in the Old Testament times, it, it was always the case that the things which are essential could be done on the Sabbath. And Jesus is telling them that they, they have got it all, all wrong. They have mis, misunderstood and therefore misinterpreted what the Sabbath requires. And Jesus is telling, is, is telling them here, you are wrong. You do not know this thing. He is of course saying this because he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He has the right to interpret the Sabbath for his people. Because it was necessary, because it was an emergency even, again, David was right to do what he did even in the Jewish era. Um, because, of course, he did that <clears throat> uh, as we see it in the Old Testament. <clears throat> now, the, the Old Testament forbade taking in the harvest on the Sabbath. But even this rule would have yielded to absolute necessity. The rule of um, taking in harvest on the Sabbath. Now, notice also <clears throat> that Christ points to the requirement of the law. Um, <clears throat> the requirement of the law of Moses that priests should work on the Sabbath. And this is, of course, in connection with the matter of, of, of worship, which would technically violate the Sabbath. Look with me there at verse, verse, verse 5. Matthew chapter 12, verse 5. It says, Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? And so, and so Jesus is telling them, Look, look. The priests work on the Sabbath. And so he's not only saying that uh, uh, the, 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 the eating of that which the priests only are, are required to eat or uh, told to eat is, um, <clears throat> is lawful, but also priests work on the Sabbath. He's saying there, have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath? And when he says profane the Sabbath there, he's essentially saying, um, even though there is a requirement of the law about the Sabbath, priests have the right to work on the Sabbath. Priests have the right to work on the Sabbath because they are the ones who conduct worship. They are the ones who lead the people of God into, into worship. And when he says he prof they profane the Sabbath, he's saying technically they violate the Sabbath. If you're going to take it the way the Pharisees take it, then even the priests profane the Sabbath. They violate the Sabbath. But then Jesus is essentially saying that their work is exempted from the Sabbath rule. Why? Why is the work of the priests exempt from the Sabbath rule? Yes, because it is necessary. The people of God must worship and there must be people to conduct 
worship. And this is why pastors can work on the Sabbath. Sabbath is our work day uh, for me and Pastor Manassas. We work on this day because we work for the Lord and we work for you. We serve the Lord as we serve you. And therefore, um, working on the Lord's day for the pastors is necessary. Otherwise, how would you be fed spiritually? And so the Sabbath, <clears throat> although having clear inflexibilities, although having clear prohibitions, it has always yielded to special duty or necessity. It has always yielded to works of mercy. And this is what Christ is laboring to show them. Christ is telling them, you guys, you guys don't have it. You do not know it. And he says there that they are guiltless when they do this. And then look at verse 6. He says, I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And what is he referring to? He's referring to himself. He's saying, I have come. Something greater than the temple has come. Remember, Christ refers to himself as, as a temple. When does Christ refer to himself as a temple? Yes. So, so he says destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days and the Pharisees the Jews don't quite understand what he's talking about and they falsely accuse him of claiming that he will destroy their, their temple that has been there for years without knowing that he's referring to who? to himself and so Christ is telling them that Something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, it says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. And so he, he's, he's, he's telling them, the disciples are guiltless. You are condemning the guiltless. And then he finishes the verse 8 by saying, For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And you see there, his lordship over the Sabbath grants him, um, grants him the, the, the right to interpret the Sabbath. Even for the Pharisees who think that they well know what the Sabbath is. Now, this is very important, especially because the SDAs will take the phrase, Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath to say that you are required to go to church on Saturday. Again, twisting that statement to mean that which Christ is rebuking the Pharisees for doing. And so when Christ is saying that he's the Lord of the Sabbath, he's saying that I'm the one who's going to interpret it for you because you are wrongly, you've wrongly understood it and you're wrongly interpreting it. And so we, we see him there exercising this prerogative because he is the Lord. He is the Lord not only of the supper, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so we, we, we see um, Christ as the Lord of the Sabbath, granting that works of necessity, 
and works of mercy can and should be done on the Sabbath. You know, like taking the donkey out of the ditch or like attending to or healing the sick. Christ is telling these people, these things can be done on the Sabbath because they are works of necessity. They are works of mercy. And he's telling this to them because he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, that said, necessity should not be so stretched that it stretches to cover anything and everything we want to do. Because someone might hear that and then go ahead and say, um, because Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath, because works of, there are works of necessity and works of mercy, therefore I'm going to do anything and everything that I so please. But then, this is not to be the case. Uh, necessity should not be, it should not be overstretched, if you will. It should not be misused to cover anything and everything we want to do. So that wholehearted devotion and dedication to God is ruined on His day. We are not, we are not to misuse and overstretch necessity and mercy. When we talk of necessity, it has to be real necessity. When we talk of mercy, works of mercy, it has to be real mercy. It must be in our hearts and in our minds to honor the Lord's day. It must be in your hearts. It must be in your minds that when it is on the Lord's day, you want to honor it. You want to live the way God expects you to live. And so <clears throat> this is, however, not to say that there are no exceptions. There are works of necessity and there are works of mercy. <clears throat> so Christ, being the Lord of the Sabbath, does not at all mean that he abolishes or does away with um, uh, uh, the, the Sabbath. It does not mean that he does away with or destroys it, um, as some may think. Rather, by being the Lord of the Sabbath, what Christ does is he grants uh, much more meaning to it. He is able to authoritatively and accurately regulate how it is observed. And um, he is the Lord of it so that he may incorporate it into his kingdom rather than obliterate and remove it and destroy it completely. In his lordship over the Sabbath, he says that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. In the text that we've just looked at, Mark chapter 2, <clears throat> Mark chapter 2 and verse 27, Jesus says to them that the Sabbath was made for man and not the other way around. Not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for, for man. And so he does bring it and incorporate it into his kingdom. This issue of the Sabbath does come up again in the gospel according to John. And Jesus kind of says that I have authority over the Sabbath again. You know, he, uh, he says that I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Turn with me to John chapter 15. chapter 15 no it's chapter 5 sorry chapter 5 
John chapter 5 and someone read verse verse, verse 10 to verse 17 So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, uh, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who healed him. And this was why and this was why the Jews persecuted. And this was why the Jews were persecuted. Because he was doing these things for the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. And so you see you see there <clears throat> an example of his lordship, his authority over the Sabbath. We have him healing someone, and then you know this guy is found by the Jews picking up his things and you know they tell him what are you doing it is the sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed and then of course the man says that the guy who healed me told me to take up my things and go and um, <clears throat> it's not like Jesus ran away so that the Pharisees would not find him and 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 then he doesn't have to defend himself and and, and, and anything like that it's that Jesus had gone on with his activities as usual uh, because he had not done anything that was wrong and then the, he meets up with the guy again and the guy goes and tells the Jews um, this is the person that healed, healed me and Jesus, Jesus tell, 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 tells them something very interesting that I'd like you to see there you know, as he is asked about the healing that he had done on the Sabbath, he says, My father, verse 17, my father is working until now, and I am working. You know, as the father continues his divine activities during the Sabbath, so also the son continues uh, to work. He continues his divine activities. Now, that statement is very important because when the Bible tells us that God rested on the seventh day. It is not telling us that God stopped working. It is telling us that God finished the work of creation and God granted a, a pattern for us to follow. Now, because God has uh, finished the work of creation doesn't mean that he he's lazy. He stopped doing anything. God in his providence preserves and governs all his creatures and all their actions. And that's what Pastor Manasseh was laboring to, to teach us when he was taking us through the classes on providence. 
that God is always working. God is always preserving. God is always governing. God is always involved in his creation. And Jesus is telling them, my father is working until now. And when he says until now, he's essentially pointing to creation. It's not like when creation, when he finished creating, he stopped working. Since then, until now, my father is working. And I am working. And so... Uh, um, Jesus identifies himself with his father. And, and this, this would be one of the reasons why the Jews want to stone Christ, right? Because when he says that, my, when he calls him my father, and, and you know, he, he authoritatively uh, 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 says it, he says, he is my father, he is working, and I therefore am working, I am following his pattern, the Jews are very angry. They want to stone him because he is equating himself with his father, he identifies himself with his father. He is therefore saying that he is equal with him and can therefore work. But, but, but even more, even, even more than that, you know, even more than him being God and him working. Um, if we consider the context, the context grants us more meaning. When we, when we consider that it's, it's not that Jesus is violating the Sabbath because he is God or be, because he simply can, but rather... He is interpreting it rightly. He's telling these people, you've got it wrong. Works of mercy can be done because that's what they're accusing him for. They're telling him, they're telling him you shouldn't have healed on the Sabbath. They're telling the person who was healed, you're not, you're not uh, supposed to take up your things. And Jesus is telling them, you've got it all wrong. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I know what it means, how it's, 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 it's to be interpreted. And this is what I am granting you. Um, he is interpreting it rightly. He is helping us see that works of mercy can be done on the Sabbath. Works of necessity can be done on the Sabbath. And this is how then Christ exercises his lordship over the Sabbath. Now, when we consider the next point, you are going to see that he also exercises lordship over the Sabbath by granting change to that day so then it stops being saturday and it starts being sunday not because we so please but because christ has granted it sam waldron says this <clears throat> quote our conclusion must be that both as the last adam and the divine son jesus is sovereign over the sabbath while this never implies the abolition of the Sabbath in the Gospels, it does anticipate the institution of the new creation Sabbath and the cessation of the old creation Sabbath. Jesus' authority is the principle of the change that now is about to occur. End quote. And so he's, he's, Sam Waldron is telling us there that Jesus... He is the last Adam and therefore there is a new creation in him while in the first Adam there was a particular creation in the last Adam there is also a new creation and and the Bible the Bible is beautiful because the Bible says that those who are in Christ are are a new creation the old has gone the new has come and it speaks in in such language that if we look at it critically, we will be able to understand it. Sam Waldron is telling us here that um, uh, because Christ is 
the son of God the he is the the second person of the Trinity God the son he is sovereign over the Sabbath and because of that then he is able to grant <clears throat> because of his authority he is able to grant the principle of the change of the day from the seventh day to the first day from the Jewish Sabbath to the Christian Sabbath before I move to the next point is there anyone that has a question or a comment something to interact with as you continue okay let's consider number two the change of the day so number one we've been able to see christ the lord of the sabbath he is the lord of the sabbath and then number two um <clears throat> like us to see that uh there's a change of the day the change of day here i'd like you to turn with me to john chapter 20 john chapter 20 and here we find <coughs> guidance on whether the christian sabbath should be the seventh day or the first day of the week the answer of of all christians down uh, church history has been the first day of the week now misleading groups like the sdas uh, i am not apologetic about this um <laughs> And, and, and it is because uh, the SDAs want to make the Sabbath the door to heaven which is a different gospel that we, are, we, 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 we should not we cannot tolerate and we even anathematize what, what uh, Paul talks of in Galatians chapter 1 and so the, the, these misleading groups like the SDAs which, which only came up in the 19th century I mean, the SDAs only came up in the 19th, just recently. Um, have, have not been considered to be teaching the orthodox doctrines of the Christian faith. Uh, at least not all of them. They might have uh, pockets of truth here and there, but they're not entirely teaching what Christians have believed down through history. And so then the authority for the change of day... Uh, we are going to see that is the example of the the New Testament church, the first church, the earliest church, which no doubt um, was commanded by God through the apostles. You know, um, this special day for Christians was distinguished from the Jewish Sabbath, and we are going to see this from the text there, and set on the day of Christ's resurrection. The Lord rose from the dead on the first day of the week. Look at verse 1. John chapter 20 verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And so we, we, we see there uh, an account and as you continue to read, you'll realize that it's the resurrection that's being described there. On the first day of the week, Christ has risen. On Sunday, he has risen. Now, this is not a small thing, my dear friends. 
The resurrection of Christ is the most important aspect in all of Christian history. Because Paul is going to argue in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 15 that if Christ did not rise from the grave, what we, are doing, what we are doing here is useless. It is our faith is in vain, our preaching is false, we have, we have deceived ourselves and we are deceiving others. And so this is a most important uh, aspect in the history of the world to note that on the first day of the week, Christ rose from the grave. You know, we, we, see, we, see, we see it there. Look at verse 19. <clears throat> it's still on the same day. And on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Now, there are no, there are no statements in the Bible that are useless. When he says, therefore, fear of the Jews, it's because the Jews, the Jews did, not, did not consider Christ to be their Messiah. And so their Sabbath is the previous day. The believers are not, are not Judaizers. They're not in the Judah, uh, uh, they're not in Judaism. They have become Christians. And so they have their own time when they will, when they will be meeting. And we see here the first instance of their meeting is on the first day of the week. Now the thing to note there is that they are meeting as Christians, as the disciples of Christ. And then if you go down to verse 26, you read, Eight days later, his disciples were inside again. And so, the thing that I'd like you to note there is, or to observe, are the appearances of Christ, the appearances of, of our Lord that he appeared to them subsequently on these first days of the week. On that day when he was rose to his disciples, when they were gathered, and then eight days later, as we were considering the, the doctrines of the church, we talked about worship and the Lord's Day, we were able to see that the way the Jews count is not the same way as we count. So then when it says eight days later, it's not saying on Monday. It's saying... On Sunday because their counting is they would count they would count the that day that they are in so if it's on Sunday they would count this day and then they would count seven other days so that it's eight days later now who knew that you seated here uh, um, in a Sunday school class you would ever learn anything about music I like to tell you something small about music <clears throat> In music, there's something known as the solfa notation, which you all know, but you don't know that's what it's called. Uh, the do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. And so that do, re, mi, if you count the do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, it's, it's eight uh, numbers, if you will. And so uh, the way musicians make it easy so that they are able to understand is that they assign numbers to those, to the Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. So they say Do is one and Do on this other end is one because Do is Do, right? And so, um, but you will find others in other places counting the last Do as eight so that it would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. But in essence... 
it is one because it is door as this other door just on a different octave now that's mnaweza shangamona na never kuelezea hivi but it's because that's how the jews counted their days they they would count so so when it says eight days later they would count the day that they are in and then when they count that as the first day by the by the time they are getting to the next sunday it's day number eight it's eight days later and so god appears to them on subsequent fast days so we see we see here that um Christ stands in the midst of his people verse 19 on the evening of that day the first day of the week the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews Jesus came and stood among them and said to them peace be with you verse 26 8 days later his disciples were inside again and when he says that it's 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 giving us hints of the similarities and Thomas with them although the do- doors were locked Jesus came and stood with them and said peace be with you and so we we, we see we see there the uh, appearing of Christ to his people on this first day of the week subsequently and and when it says eight days later the, the first day of the week and then eight, eight days later the text intends to tell us that the lord appeared the very next sunday now we believe that this we believe that this appearing of christ to his people his disciples was to show them that this day would be the remembrance the commemoration of his resurrection and this is not this is not far fetched because someone may say but how do you know that it's not far fetched because of other texts in the new in the new testament now last week we we saw that the jewish sabbath remembrance <clears throat> was observed in the context of deliverance from egypt as we saw in deuteronomy 5:15 and as we saw in the context of the commandments in exodus chapter 20 the fourth commandment was observed in in um in the context of deliverance the christian sabbath on the other hand will focus on the day of resurrection because this is the day that christ delivers us i mean this is the day that the stamp of uh the work of christ is 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 put it's it's stamped that the finished work of christ on the cross was successful and victorious and because of that and because we are christians we are not jews because we are christians then the christian sabbath focuses on the resurrection of christ if there is one thing that should make a christian not not fail to come to church is because on that day the lord jesus christ rose from the grave it's because on that day the gospel was vindicated christ rose from the grave and so when i say other texts i mean texts like acts chapter 20 go with me to acts chapter 20 acts 20 verse 7 someone read acts 20 verse 7 <clears throat> 
on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until he died. And so we've just recently finished considering this, this book of Acts um, in our afternoon Bible study. And um, uh, here we, we were able to learn a little more about this special day of, of resurrection. We, when we read there on the first and on the first day of the week, we, we are given a very uh, powerful, solid proclamation. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, we see that believers are gathering on the first day of the week. I mean, we don't gather on Tuesday to break bread. We gather on Sunday, on the first day of the week. You know, reading this, it would be hard to miss that this is, uh, this is the Christian version of a Sabbath, of their Sabbath. And it is no longer on the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday. The text tells us it's on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. Now, the author of this book, Dr. Luke, is an eyewitness here. He's telling us something that, that uh, he was there. The, the one who wrote the book was actually there. Um, and this would be the first reference in the New Testament to a distinctive Christian service. You will if 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 there is a Christian service that is recorded to us in the Bible, this would be the first one, and it incorporates the Lord's Supper, as we are going to be doing this afternoon. Um, and the Lord's Supper is a proclamation of the, of the death of Christ until He returns, and since they are doing it on the Lord's Day, they they are doing it in joy and in hope, and so it's very important that we we are able to to note that. Now, even, even more undeniable proof that the New Testament church was meeting on the first day of the week, uh, the Christian Sabbath, the Lord's Day. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And if you meet with SDAs, <laughs> again, ask them about these texts. You know, go to these texts and tell them to explain them to you and you don't need to be a genius to know what the, that text means you only need the Holy Spirit to help you to understand it and God is generous my dear friends God is not in the business of hiding what he means God wants his people to know uh, what is there in the text so that they may live uh, lives that are pleasing to him so that they may walk in his will as we are going to see this evening in the book of Jonah, as we begin the book of Jonah. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 and 2. Someone read that for us. Now concerning the collection for the saints, <clears throat> as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up, as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. So we see there the Apostle Paul noting um, that it is not only the Corinthian churches or the church in Corinth 
but all the churches that met uh, all the churches of Galatia that met on the first day of the first day of every week and so <clears throat> I've had a conversation with an SDA friend and they've told me that on that first day of every week so their work was to collect offering so that when Paul comes they would give him but then my question was were they doing it every week and then I was telling I was asking him if you want to if, if you're if you're so keen on following precisely what the text says do you meet every first day of the week to collect offerings and he has no response there's no response to it there's no response to it because this does indicate that the change to the first day had already taken place with the resurrection of Christ with his affirmation by appearing to his disciples and therefore since they are no longer in Judaism so as to meet on Saturday the, the Jewish which, which would be the Jewish Sabbath and they meet on the Lord's Day which is the Christian Sabbath they meet on the first day of the week they meet on Sunday My dear friends, the text is very clear. It's not only the church at Corinth that is meeting on the first day of the week, the first day of every week. It's also the churches in Galatia that are meeting on the first day of every week. Now, the matter of the collection is a whole different issue and a whole different matter. But the fact of the matter is they meet on the first day of every week they are gathering and <clears throat> before the SDS came <clears throat> because they came on they came on the 19th century the understanding of the church has been they have been, they were gathering for worship on the first day of the week Now, just so that I may bring this to a close, uh, I'd like us to go to the <clears throat> book of Revelation. Reading every book of the Bible, <clears throat> it, it, is a blessing to the people of God. But it's only the book of Revelation that attaches a blessing to reading it and hearing it read. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10, we have the well-known words of the Apostle John <clears throat> um, which which and, and these words 
imply a distinctive Sabbath for Christians on the Lord's Day. You know, it's, it's undoubtedly the, the, the day of the Lord's resurrection. The first day of the week. John says there, in, in Revelation 1 verse 10, that he was, on, was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book. And send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And so he's saying that he is in the spirit on the Lord's day. You see there, there are no pointless statements in the Bible. And, and we are told that it was on this day, the Lord's day, that John, the Apostle John, was taught great things. He was given the message that he's going to send to the churches. John is like Moses speaking to the churches in Asia uh, as, as though they would, they would easily understand what he, what, what he means when he talks of the Lord's day. Last week we were able to see that when Moses is talking about the Sabbath in Exodus 16, he's not telling them, he's not speaking to them as if it's something that they do not know about. That they would, they, would, they would be wondering, what is this Sabbath? They already know what the Sabbath is. Now John, like Moses, is also speaking in the same fashion, the same manner. When he talks of the Lord's Day, he actually speaks as if he's, it's, it's, a, it's a thing to pass by. Because there's no explanation. He just says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And he's expecting that the people of God to whom these, these letters would, would fall on their hands... They would understand what he's talking about when he's saying he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And so, um, there's a man by the name Ignatius <clears throat> who lived in AD 30 to 107. He's recorded to have been the third minister of the church at Antioch. And is considered, and he, probably, he most probably is um, a student of John, the Apostle John. That we are reading about and this Ignatius says quote let every friend of Christ keep the Lord's Day as a festival the resurrection day the Queen and the chief of all the days of the week now AD 30 is way 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 far from the 19th century that the SDS came and now give us the interpretation of it and they have the better understanding Ignatius, who is most probably a student of the Apostle John, who here in the book of Revelation is talking of the Lord's Day, he says, let every friend of Christ keep the Lord's Day as a festival, the resurrection day, the queen, and the chief of all the days of the week. So they did understand what the Lord's Day meant. Uh, meant. Is there any, any question or interaction? Yes. Would it be right or would it be less wrong if the SDS said that it is not necessarily a way to heaven, but we just can't exist? 
Yes, yes. Yeah, so so Seth is asking whether and you can correct me if I've, I've not understood whether it is it is whether it would be okay for them just to meet on the seventh day without necessarily attributing salvation to it. And I think my question would be why though? The New Testament gives us clear evidence that early believers met on the first day of the week. Why the insistence that it must be? And, and I think the answer would be um, that's just that's, that's just how they are seeing it. They're not. The answer would be for for the answer that would make sense to me from them would be they're not quite connecting the dots the way we are, or they they're not understanding it the way we are understanding it. And they are seeing the Sabbath as is prescribed in the fourth commandment, which would which would, which would be would be fine. I mean, there are many things in the Bible that we do not quite understand properly. And so then coming to the question here, Simon, if that would have an implication to the gospel. And I don't think so. Unless they want it to have an implication to the gospel. I don't think it's wrong for the saints in Dubai, necessarily when they meet on Fridays, I think they need to be well taught so that they they know that they are supposed to meet on the first day of the week but I don't think it's um, absolutely sinful and evil for them to meet on that day because there are various <clears throat> there, there are various um, things that would be revolving circumstances that would be revolving around them that necessitate it, make it necessary for them to meet on on Friday, for example. Uh, consider the saints in China. There, there might be a couple of things that are that would make them not to be able to meet on Sunday. Uh, persecution being one of them. But then, we are not going to take our foot off of the first day because of the circumstances that revolve around us. Unless it is absolutely necessary, it would not be very wise for us to meet here on the first day of the week, in the name of honoring the Lord's day, if we know that the moment we step foot in here, there is a bomb and it will explode, and all of us will die. I don't think it would be very reasonable for, for us to do that. Then, I think. But then, 
if they go ahead to make an implicate bring in an implication to the gospel and say that if you do not do it on that day you know just like we if we say that someone if someone doesn't come to church on sunday they will not go to heaven then we are saying something into we are speaking into the gospel because the gospel tells us how people are saved and how people inherit eternal life and i i don't think all the sds think like this because there are different versions of uh seventh seventh day adventist but there are staunch sds who believe that it's actually the seventh day is is in the prophets and has been prophesied as the day of the lord and um they they take it to the extreme there are various other groups like the jews who will not meet they will not consider whatever christians say because they have not taken christ as their master and therefore they will only meet on saturday even today so uh, for the sds like the ones in let's say like in our country where there is peace liberty to to meet any day without any confrontation then it's in some sense it, it's disobedience and negligence because god has says has said that we this is the day that he has given to us but them they they don't see that we end some sense going contrary to god's word I mean I would like to be lenient lenient on them and rather than say they are disobedient just say that they are ignorant that's all I have to say unless there's something something more that someone wants to say what of this scripture that talks of to him who regards think there is a whole context in the text that you mentioned that I would I would rather talk about it during the tip lot because it's 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 important and it's long and I would not be doing you justice to just skip through it so we we we're going to look at that during the tip lot of the text that say that some some consider one day more holier than you know another day and and um so on we will look at that yes victor um, is there any other occasion in the scripture that uses the term lord's day and if not why is it that exactly <coughs> the scripture decided to substitute the first day of the week the lord yeah I don't think there is any other place is there. I haven't seen we could check, but I don't think there's any other place where the term Lord's Day is used. And <clears throat> why he substitutes Lord's Day with fast day, I think everything that we have just been considering should suffice to explain why 
he changes why he why he uses the term lord's day and and, and simply put would be excuse me he he he's he's living in the context of people who already take the first day of the week as their day of worship as their christian sabbath primarily because christ being the lord of the sabbath um, rose again on that day and meeting them on subsequent fast days uh, puts a stamp to it and they continue thereafter to meet on the first day of the week time fails me but we would, we would have looked at the example of of the apostles uh, but then um, you, you can go back and listen to the the other class that we had when we were talking about the doctrine of the church we had a class on the Lord's Day which kind of had everything packed in together but I think the reason why he would be using the, the term Lord's Day is because that would have been what the saints know to be the Christian Sabbath being the first day of the week as we've seen from the witness in John and Acts and First Corinthians like to conclude by like to conclude by a quote from Peter Masters pastor of Metropolitan Tabernacle he says the term Lord's Day powerfully indicates the way in which the day should be spent it is for him it centers on him it is not for us for our earthly pleasures our self-indulgence or our fun and games it is for spiritual joys learning and service and for fellowship in him and quote and in the coming weeks we are going to consider how we ought to conduct ourselves on the Lord's Day how we ought to prepare for the Lord's Day how we conduct ourselves publicly on the Lord's Day and privately and this is because of course today's church or some Christians today want to go to church for two hours and then they will go sleep or they will go open their business or they'll go hang out I don't know where they, 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 they'll just use it for their own enjoyment and, and again we're going to look at the scriptures and see how, how are we to conduct ourselves on this day what's, 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 what's this uh, day all about and as we saw last week and again now it is for spiritual joys it is for spiritual purposes it is for learning and service and for fellowship with God and with his people. Now, the African Pastors Conference is coming up quickly, soon. And uh, there, are, um, um, uh, there, are, there, there are many books <clears throat> that are going to be sold there. I would encourage you to look out for a booklet that costs, I think, around... Hundred shillings, 
maybe saini to so amount 50 remember the lord's day by peter masters small booklet it kind of packs everything in few words uh, that's why i got this quote um but as we consider this matter of the lord's day it's very important i mean i kind of like the way the sdas are firm on the matter of their sabbath it's just that i think they are wrong just like they would think we are wrong but um as i conclude i'd like to say that christ christ is the center of everything that we do my dear friends we do not <clears throat> we are not teaching you about the lord's day for the sake of lord's day the these teachings on the lord's day are for the purposes of pointing you to christ it's because of christ christ and christ alone is the reason for every season the reason for everything is christ even this matter of the sabbath now feel feel free to engage uh with these things with the scriptures over the breaks and in the evening when you go for the tip lot um like to conclude with a word of prayer oh heavenly father we bow before you we come to you by the power of your holy spirit through the name of your son the lord jesus christ and we thank you for <clears throat> christ being the lord of the sabbath he has the right to help us understand it and to interpret it for us we pray that you would help us lord to not be swayed by false teachings keep us from being false teachers ourselves grant your holy spirit who authored the scriptures that we may be able to understand this this matter help us to carry it with the weight that it requires because it has implications for us as we as we as we go about these classes slowly by slowly seeking to understand this matter we pray that you would help us open our eyes to see your word to understand it grant oh lord that you would be glorified out of everything where we go wrong lord please refine us teach us and till christ returns grant that when we go home we would look at our bibles and we would ensure that everything that we are we are taught is true and right hear us oh lord be with us as we get into our morning worship service be uh, in our midst through your presence for your glory for it is in jesus name that we pray and believe amen